What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Tokenized TV podcast, where I'll be going over analysis and insights of disruption happening in the digital asset ecosystem, along with updating you guys with the most recent news. From the state of the market to decentralized finance, to NFTs, utility tokens, all the way to mass adoption, we'll be sure to cover it all here on Tokenized TV. Today, I wanted to do something a little different with you guys. We're going to be doing a little year in review for the crypto markets and the overall network adoption of this space. So let's get right into it. So 2021 was quite the year for crypto. From seeing adoption and recognition from some of the largest names like Michael Saylor and Elon Musk, to even seeing some big legacy finance guys like Mark Cuban, Kathy Wood, and Kevin O'Leary hopping in and exploring the space deeper like by diving into DeFi protocols. And we've also seen some other big name macro investors like Dan Tapiero and Raul Paul begin to realize the exponential adoption in the space. And we're beginning to see big time investors and venture capitalists around the world get in on the action too. So from companies around the world adding Bitcoin and Ethereum onto their balance sheets like Tesla, SpaceX, Nexon and Meitu, all the way to financial institutions and asset managers around the world beginning to offer crypto products to their clients. We're seeing guys like Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, and even Goldman Sachs collabing with Galaxy Digital for Bitcoin funds to give to their wealthy clients. In 2021, we began to also see Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto markets begin intersecting paths with our legacy system. And we not only saw investment banks offering crypto exposure products to their clients, but perhaps the most notable thing was seeing Bitcoin ETFs hit stock exchanges all around the world. While the US markets are still working on approving a physically backed Bitcoin ETF to hit their equities market, we're seeing physically backed Bitcoin ETFs around the world popping up in Canada, Brazil, Europe, and a bunch of other stock markets around the world. In addition to the rapid growth of the crypto markets over the past year, publicly traded Bitcoin mining companies like Riot, Marathon, Bitfarms, and many others became some of the hottest sectors of stocks to trade as some of these had risen to over 350% gains year to date at their peaks. Not to mention Coinbase finally becoming publicly traded on the Nasdaq back in May and Kraken and talks of doing the same come 2022. The overall adoption and acceptance of crypto this year has been, least to say, quite a show to watch. If you guys don't have Adblock, I'm sure you've all seen some crypto ads beginning to pop up. Personally, can't count the amount of times I've gone crypto.com ads. And along with just seeing a bunch of ads and billboards around some metropolitan cities, exchanges and protocols have begun partnerships with sports leagues and franchises around the world. And some examples of these are the American Airlines Arena, which is home to NBA team Miami Heat, was bought out in June this year by FTX and since has been renamed the FTX Arena. And if you thought that was crazy, well, Crypto.com had to one-up that and they bought out the legendary Staples Center, which was home to the late, great Kobe Bryant. And this deal was made just back in the middle of November. And aside from buying up some large stadiums, for anyone who keeps up or watches sports, I'm sure you may have seen some familiar logos on some team's jerseys and just ads around the arena. As we've seen Coinbase become an official partner with the NBA, along with FTX buying out slots to advertise during this year's Super Bowl. Seeing all this in just the span of a year has been quite crazy. We're now seeing so much more mainstream coverage and exposure to the general public than we've ever have before. Now the effects of this marketing and advertising isn't going to reflect on the prices right away. 
but it's likely to get a lot of people who may have been previously curious but still skeptical of the space more eager to dip their toes in the water and further understand or experience what these networks are all about. Now perhaps the biggest news of the year when it comes to adoption is when we saw El Salvador announce that Bitcoin was going to become legal tender in their country back in early September. For those who remember, this sent the prices of the markets tanking. While this decision caused a lot of controversy and quite a lot of questionable actions, it's undeniable that a country having Bitcoin as legal tender definitely helps bring more of a legitimate view to this overall space. But El Salvador didn't just stop at adding Bitcoin and allowing it as legal tender. Far from it. In fact, they've become mining Bitcoin and promoting the ESG benefits of using clean energy as they've actually begun using the steam produced from their volcanoes as renewable and reusable energy. Now, for those of you who may be a little worried about premature volcano eruptions in El Salvador because of this, I've done the research for you guys. They're purely using the steam from the volcano heat, so no, it really shouldn't pose any real threats. So let's dive into the past 12 months of the actual crypto ecosystem itself now. So while DeFi summer took the spot in 2020, the DeFi craze was still very visible and apparent over this year, but something else bigger stole that spotlight. I'm sure you guys can already guess what that is. Non-fungible tokens, NFTs. NFTs took the world by absolute storm in Q1 of 2021, as since the start of the year, OpenSea's monthly users have grown over 5,000%. From profile pictures of pixelated people, cute little penguins, and funky monkeys, celebrities around the world hopped in on the craze too. Professional athletes like Stephen Curry, Tom Brady, and Odell Beckham Jr. to some other stars like Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, and Jason Derulo all ended up getting their hands at one of these highly sought-after tokenized art pieces. On top of that, we even got to see some celebrities and content creators joining in and creating NFTs of their own by turning their creations and art pieces into NFTs to directly sell to their community. We saw artists like Tory Lanez and The Weeknd turn their music video into NFTs, and we could never forget digital artist Beeple holding the record for the most expensive NFT sale at $69 million. Add all this with the ever-increasingly more and more DeFi protocols and new tokens being added every day, we saw Ethereum gas fees spike to some insane levels to where the network was essentially made unusable for newcomers, as we were seeing some fees as high as $500. And well, soon enough we saw the controversial implementation of EIP-1559, which was supposed to help a bit with the ETH gas fees. While a majority of the community welcomed this in addition to the introduction of a deflationary tokenomic, miners were not so happy on the other hand, and at one point even threatened to cooperate and form a 51% attack on the network. Though eventually there was an agreement and as we see now, Ethereum's burn mechanism has actually offset its inflation for this year, but fees still are a bit of an issue. Let's just hope 2022 will really be the year of ETH 2.0 and fees can come back down to a reasonable level. But because of the fact that the Ethereum network was made pretty much unusable for anyone who had a budget of $500 and under, other smart contract layer one platforms managed to steal a bit of the spotlight from time to time. As all throughout Q2 of 2021, we saw the Binance ecosystem really gain some traction and actually surpass Ethereum in daily transactions at one point. 
While many of these projects really blew up all over TikTok and mainstream media, most of the projects on BSC did not end up too well. For example, Save the Kids Coin and Safe Moon. And the Solana ecosystem really took the spotlight over the summer as their ecosystem began to be rolled out further and fans had a more affordable network to trade NFTs and access other DeFi protocols on. That was until their network started crashing. Then, all throughout fall and winter, it was time for AVAX to shine, as the Avalanche ecosystem, also much similar to Solana, began to take off, and crypto users around the world began using the Avalanche ecosystem for their DeFi and liquidity protocols. And Cardano continued to further develop on their testnet with more promises of smart contracts and applications. Now, 2021 was also the year we really got to see just how much power one man can have. We saw Elon Musk send the price of a couple dog coins just absolutely parabolic. What began as a little friendly joke back in January has since seen Elon tweets sending the Dogecoin price from a cent to almost a dollar around 90 cents back in May. We also saw perhaps one of the fastest rises with Shiba Inu token taking the world by surprise and breaking into the top 10 briefly even. Now to put into context just how insane this climb was, $8,000 in Shiba Inu back in August of 2020 was worth over $5 billion during the peak. But enough dog coin talk, 2021 wasn't all sunshines and rainbows though. Perhaps the biggest black swan of 2021 was China banning crypto not once, but twice in a year. The first ban was on mining back in May, which sent the prices absolutely tumbling as we saw Bitcoin go from its local high of 64,000 down to as low as 29,000 on some exchanges, before consolidating around the 30 to 40k range for a majority of the summer. The second time China imposed yet another ban, this time it was on any crypto transaction as they were beginning to roll out their digital yuan. And we all know how China feels about privacy, right? But it seemed the markets were growing tired of China's indecisiveness and this time it didn't quite affect the market as much. We also began to see regulators really tighten up with possibly cracking down tighter on regulations, especially in regards to stable coins and even more specifically so to Tether. We saw Gary Gensler step into position as head chairman of the SEC and what many had hoped for would be an upgrade from Jay Clayton with his knowledge of teaching blockchain back at MIT. We saw more bias and manipulation threats and going after networks in which they technically don't have any rights regulating. And while we're talking about laws and regulations, we got to bring up the XRP lawsuit. Back towards the end of 2020, the previous SEC chairman, Jay Clayton, had filed to sue Ripple Labs for potentially treating XRP as a security. Yet, it was registered as a currency in pretty much every other country in the world. Over the past year, we've really begun to see this lawsuit unfold and ironically actually expose the SEC in multiple ways in regards to the bias and unethical behaviors to try and control this market. Now, I know there's a lot of anti-XRP crypto fans out there, but I wanted to say that this lawsuit doesn't just dictate how the SEC is going to view XRP. This is going to affect the entire crypto markets. If the SEC wins this, they gain that much more power and will start going after even potentially your favorite coins with the same excuses they're using for XRP at the moment. So it's not XRP against the rest of the world. It should be crypto 
versus this current corrupted legacy system. And perhaps one of the largest news with regards to regulations is the congressional hearing just earlier this month at the House Financial Services. We saw Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX, Jeremy Allaire of Circle, Carlo Calista of Paxos, Alessia Haas of Coinbase, and Brian Brooks of Bitfury present and share their views of the current state of the crypto markets and the proper regulatory measures to take while still allowing for innovation, yet providing investor protection in front of the House of Senators. This hearing had some mixed opinions, but overall, I'd say it was very productive and helped a lot with the clarity in the crypto space. While there were a couple senators who were essentially coming out with anything negative they could say, for example, Brad Sherman bringing up hamster coin, Dodge coin, not Dogecoin, Dodge coin, and Mongoose coin. The overall majority seemed like they were there more to cooperate and find solutions. And for anyone who hasn't seen yet, I'd highly recommend checking out a couple short clips on YouTube of Brian Brooks just explaining the nature of the disruptive technology and the fear of change during the hearing. Now, with regards to the macro view of things, the money printers spent no time taking breaks as Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, in addition to President Biden, had implemented one of the largest stimulus bills to counteract the effects COVID-19 had in regards to the economy. Along with the continued bond buybacks at a rapid pace, we began seeing CPI and asset prices around the world inflating at insane levels. It got to points where you'd be losing a percent of your buying power each month if you were holding cash. From housing to equities to, of course, the crypto markets, you could have pretty much bought anything and you'd be up in nominal value. Besides maybe those Bitcoin forks. So overall, I'd say 2021 was quite the year for crypto. And just like in our lives, we had our ups and downs, just like any market cycles. While seeing the prices grow has been a blessing to watch, seeing the overall adoption and acceptance of this space is a real good sign of what's to come in the future. I'm hoping we can get more regulatory clarity throughout 2022, along with continuing the progressive adoption of new users that we're seeing. And of course, always excited to see what innovative projects are going to be built next. So that was our 2021 year in review. Let me know what you guys think. What were some of your favorite moments of this year? Anyways, thanks for tuning in. And if you liked what you heard and saw, feel free to leave a like and subscribe and turn that ringer on so you don't miss a thing. And remember to check me out on some of my other content platforms too. You can always keep up to date and connect with me on Telegram, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can dig in on some fundamental analysis articles I've published on Medium, all at Tokenizer. And for those of you who don't have the time to read, I've got a Spotify podcast just for you guys at Tokenize TV. But thanks again for watching, everyone. I'll talk to you guys next year. Peace.